This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go. Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go. Get your lineup set. It's time for start or sit. Let's go. Now here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Ian. Hey, what's up, everybody? It is Friday. It is the last week of the regular season. Holy cow, Dave. I was thinking last night after that cowboy... Stop making fun of me. After that Cowboys-Redskins game, I was thinking, they have only four games left rest of the season. Like, we are we are coming up to the end, sir. And uh, I bet Washington can't wait for the season to end at this point because it's it's going to get ugly there. Yeah, it Man, is. Man, I hate it when things don't go as we plan. There, there are some positive takeaways from that game, but the biggest gripe I got is that Kirk Cousins – struggled behind that offensive line. It fell apart during the game. We thought it would be healthy. And Jamison Crowder, hold on to the football yeah, thing. Oh, forget it. I mean, we uh, might uh, – this week, week 14 um, – or 13, rather, may have been uh, the beginning and the end of the bold guarantee segment, which we will talk about in a second. <laughs> but, you know, the Redskins, they might be hiring some personnel – Next off season, and with ZipRecruiter.com, you can post your job to 100 plus job sites, including social media networks like Facebook and Twitter. Get the word out, all with a single click. You can try it for free if you need to hire. ZipRecruiter.com/fft. ZipRecruiter.com/fft. So we're going to start with the Redskins and Cowboys game. We are going to talk about the Ravens running backs, which we did not get to in yesterday's show. We also didn't get to Giants Raiders, so that will be part of the NFC home games slate. Beat the waiver wire. Some interesting names for next week. Update you on the injuries. Oh, wow. I got to pick a bonanza before. Uh, I think I know what I'm going to do. But before we get to the games, let's talk about last night. 38-14 Dallas. And, well, right tackle Morgan Moses for the Redskins. He hurt his leg early in the second quarter. So he missed a lot of the game. And that's when all the dominoes really began to fall. Samaje Ryan missed a chunk of time in the first half being evaluated for a concussion, but he came back and he had a few catches at the end, which was nice. Dak Prescott bruised his hand. He insists he's fine. He played okay. He had a good game for fantasy. Uh, Dallas was He had healthy. a good game for the Cowboys. He did not have a good game for fantasy. He scored 22 points. He did? Not did, according to what I saw. What did, what did he have for you? Uh, 18. That sounds more right. I saw 22 this morning, and that just didn't feel right to me, Dave. No, he had 18. It was. It, listen, I think you would take 18 from Dak at this point. Because he only had 102. Yeah. Yeah, he had 18 fantasy. He played half of his passes for 102 yards. 18's not terrible, but it wasn't a good game. Right, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. Yeah, no, the, 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 a very, very shiny silver lining. The line was healthy, so they, they had their starting offensive line intact but they played without two linebackers. And that's your injury update for the Dallas Redskins game. Now the football update. Kirk Cousins scored 16 fantasy points. He had a tipped interception late in the game. He had an interception that went off the hands of Jamison Crowder. He played a lot better than the numbers, Dave. Um, but his next two matchups are the Chargers on the road. They're very good against quarterbacks. And then the Cardinals at home, which I don't think is that big of a deal because the Cardinals always stink when they go to the East Coast. What do you think about Kirk Cousins? I am very nervous for Kirk Cousins' fantasy future because my expectation is that the offensive line is going to get shuffled again here. Moses' injury looked like it was pretty serious. Trent Williams is playing hurt. He's not nearly as effective. He's pretty effective, but not nearly as effective as you'd think. Naseki, who replaced Morgan Moses at right tackle after replacing uh, Lavau at left guard, 
ended up playing well less than 100%. He was a problem. They're, they're on their third string center. At some point, it's all going to fall apart. And we've seen Cousins play behind a depleted offensive line before. It's not pretty. So if I've got Kirk Cousins and I've already started him, I'll take my lumps with him this week. Hope I can make it into the next round or the first round of the fantasy playoffs. But I'm shopping for another quarterback if I don't have one already. I'm going to hit the waiver wire. There's a ton of quarterbacks that are out there that you can go and pick up, stash on the bench, anyone from Josh McCown to Brett Hundley. Go and get them. Have another option in case you really don't like Kirk Cousins. And by the way, you shouldn't like Kirk Cousins next week at the Chargers. And McCown, I don't know if you want him next week at Denver, but Hundley's at Cleveland. Tyrod Taylor faces the Colts, I believe. That's good for uh, yeah. Tyrod. Yeah, so that's an option that you could go for. There actually, there are just like this week, there are going to be a lot of low end streamers out there. Uh, who does Cincinnati have? They, oh, they have the Bears. I think you know it's not a bad matchup for uh, for Andy Dalton. You might want to go with him. Mm-hmm. So there are there are some options there for the Cousins owner. We don't want you to drop Cousins. We want you to get another guy. And it's just frustrating, Dave, because my bold guarantee was that Jamison Crowder would have a better game than Julio Jones. This was a proclamation that had very little upside. <laughs> but, um, you know, like now I look like an idiot. But he had – look, I could actually deal with five for 67. That's not terrible. And given what the Vikings did earlier this year to Michael Thomas and Mike Evans and Antonio Brown and Jordy Nelson, five catches for 67 yards could be better than Julio Jones. But you factor in the fumble, that's four fantasy points. That's not going to be better than Julio Jones. Uh, and it was just, just Ryan Grant was the guy. Ryan Grant was the guy who had 76 yards and a touchdown. And Josh Doxon. Ryan Grant was the guy with nine targets. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. I mean, the matchup was good. That part was good. But Crowder just had a bad. The, the Redskins played like crap. Let's just face it. They played horribly. Uh, and all the your best laid fantasy plans down the drain. If you sat Des Bryant, about 20%, 24% of his owners sat Des Bryant. Uh, he had a big game. Vernon Davis was horrible again. What were your other takeaways from this game? Well, let's start with Dak, who, like we talked about, had 18 fantasy points. It's not what you want when you start a fantasy quarterback, but if you benched him this week, you have to feel good about his prospects moving forward, especially since his next two games are against the Giants and the Raiders. They're both on the road, but that offensive line looks good. Dak's thumb, I suspect it'll be okay. I don't think he'll be a 50% passer in those games. But I, I think you could feel a lot better about Dak moving forward, and I think you can feel a lot better about the Cowboys' run game. They finally gave the ball to Alfred Morris. They didn't do it much in the three previous games. One game they kind of did. He was okay. But this was perfect for him. This was not some sort of a revenge thing. He had been running well. The Cowboys just fell behind in a bunch of games, and they abandoned the run. They didn't have that happen to them on Thursday, and I don't think it's going to happen to them next week against the Giants either. Alfred Morris is going to be a, a pretty, pretty good running back. You should feel confident in starting him next week and the week after that. Yeah, and then Ezekiel Elliott will be back. The next two games, like Dave mentioned, are at the Giants and at Oakland. He had 27 carries, 127 yards, and a touchdown. Morris was started in only 32% of leagues. Meanwhile, Rod Smith was started in 7% of leagues. He's owned in 36% of leagues. He had 10 carries for 27 yards and a touchdown, but he had four carries for 11 yards and a touchdown on Dallas's final possession of the game where they were just killing the clock. Uh, so not a huge game for him. And then, yeah, what do you think about Dez? I mean, he had more than half of Dak Prescott's yards. He doesn't have to face Janoris Jenkins next week, who just completely owns him. Are you confident in Dez Bryant going forward? I'm okay with Dez. I, I feel like 
what we saw from him against Washington is going to be pretty close to his ceiling week in and week out. He's not dynamic anymore. He's he's just a big body that can post up in single coverage and come down with that 50-50 ball. For him, it's probably more like a 55-45 ball because he's so good at getting in position, jumping up and getting it. I, I, I can't help but think that he's going to get started regardless, but you've got to have expectations of him as a number two receiver. Okay. All right, then. That would be your recap for Dallas and Washington. Haven't done that in a while. No, we haven't. I got to tell you, I, I'm very excited for this weekend. I think the games are really interesting. Took me a long time to preview, uh, you know, to do the notes because I think like the Atlanta Minnesota matchup is really interesting. This, the Seahawks Eagles might actually be an easier fantasy matchup just in terms of predicting things than, than it, we think, but it's still really interesting. I don't know. Carolina, New Orleans. Like I just feel like there are a lot of really intriguing matchups. Then you look at the other game, the AFC game we're going to preview the Raiders Giants, Dave. The wide receivers in that game are fascinating to me. Uh, why is no, like everybody's going over Seth Roberts. He's like 35% owned. Nobody's picking up Cordero Patterson. Patterson like 70 yards last week. We gotta, we gotta talk about that. Yeah, I'm not saying you should, but if you're desperate, it's not, uh, not the worst thing. I got a really cool stat about Derek Carr and how he's done against similar matchups this week. So that's all coming up. The mailbag show that we're gonna record later today and air tomorrow should be pretty bonkers. Cause we have a ton of emails. And what are we gonna do? What are we gonna revisit, Dave? The Azer strategy. The friendship strategy. You guys remember that from back in July and August? We talked about drafting two receivers from the same team. Uh, let's see how that's worked out so far this year. Okay. Yeah. Let's, let's take a look. Um, we got Ion Fantasy Football Saturday night, our radio show. It'll be Dave and Heath. It's 10 p.m. Eastern on CBS Sports Radio. You can listen online, cbssportsradio.com. Fantasy Football Today, live noon Eastern, Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern on Sunday. That's on cbssports.com. It's a very cool show, very helpful. Uh, and we've got a lot of other podcasts, including uh, Cannell and Bell, Off the Bench, a new podcast that we have, Danny Cannell and Raja Bell talking sports. Really awesome show. Amazing reviews so far. Check it out in iTunes and Stitcher and TuneIn and Google Play, wherever. And uh, go to cbssports.com slash podcast for our other listings. Dave, here's our email of the day. It's Bryce in New Mexico. FantasyFootball at CBSI.com. Dear some combo of Stanley, Kevin, Meredith, and Creed. It's The Office. It is The Office. I watched an episode of The Office last night. It was very funny. Uh, I'm watching football, huh? I, it was at like 7 o'clock, and then I watched football. Quick league settings question. My 10-team league is the only one I know of that does playoffs in two-week chunks. The final four weeks are set up as two rounds where each matchup spans two weeks instead of one. Is there a benefit to that, or is there a better reason to switch to the standard one-week matchups? Well, I think we use the standard one-week matchup because we don't have a lot of time to determine a champion. You've got, you know, a short season, and after 13 weeks, or in this case, uh, maybe it is two weeks for this one too. 14, 15, 16, 17. Yeah, that would, that's probably what Bryce is talking about. I, I've always been used to the one-week matchup, but I'm in a league where the championship is two weeks long. I feel like if you're in a two-week championship, the better team will win. Now, do you do two-week championship with week 17? Yes. And how do you feel about that? Well, week 16 is a part of it, too. So ultimately, I think it's fine. Um, in perfect world, you wouldn't have to really sweat that type of stuff. But I, I think the best fantasy owners would have to be prepared for week 17 in case a couple of their players 
uh, take a breather because their team has nothing to play for in the postseason or kinda, in the regular season. I kind of like this though. I kind of, I mean, we do it for baseball, uh, you know, because it's a longer season. But right. I like the two-week playoff if you can do it. And I think the ten-team league is exactly where to do it. In fact, I wouldn't really be opposed to starting the playoffs a week early, going weeks thirteen and fourteen and fifteen and sixteen for two rounds of playoffs, and avoiding seventeen. What do you think, ten-team league? We, well, you're shorting everybody in the league one extra you week. Are. Of you fantasy are fantasy goodness. Yeah. So make sure everybody in your league is okay with that before you do it. Yeah, Maybe right. you invite everybody back to play in week 17 for a special prize. Ooh, that would be a that's fun. And then you and then you get that week back. Yeah, there you go. All right, hey, listen, I uh I got to talk to you about SeatGeek. I went to a game the other night, and it was a SeatGeek game for me. I went to the Knicks Heat game, and my friend used SeatGeek, so he texted me and he said, "Hey, check out these tickets." I said, "You are an idiot. Use SeatGeek." It's cheaper. We found cheaper seats in almost the same exact location. And then I told them, use the promo code FFT. You're going to get 20 bucks off your first purchase. So I've already used the promo code, but he hadn't. So he got great seats at a great price because SeatGeek goes out and searches multiple ticket sites and finds you the best deals and shows you the best bargains. They grade every seat based on value. But also he used the promo code FFT. And that's what you need to do when you download the SeatGeek app or you go to SeatGeek.com. With that code, with FFT, you're getting 20 bucks off. So look, now's the time to save some money, right? You want to go to games? You want to buy tickets for someone for the holidays or something like that? Use the SeatGeek app. Make it your go-to app for sports, concerts, comedy, theater. I seriously love SeatGeek. In fact, at the Knicks game, I saw uh, my cousin's husband there. And I, we were just talking at halftime. And, I, and I, he said, where are your seats? I said, oh, they're right over there. I got these seats on SeatGeek. You ever use SeatGeek? He said, of course. So once people start using SeatGeek, they are going to keep using SeatGeek. It's just the best way to get tickets. Download the app. Use the promo code FFT. Promo code is FFT for 20 bucks off your first SeatGeek purchase. Eh, maybe you want to buy some tickets for someone right now. It's a good holiday gift. FFT is the promo code. News and notes. Adrian Peterson expected to play. We're going to preview that game a little bit later, but just uh, real quick, how do you feel about Adrian Peterson against the Rams? I began the week liking Adrian Peterson, and then I saw the injury news and moved him down in my rankings. So I think he's the number three running back. All right, Juju Smith-Schuster practiced in full. That's great. Who's a better flex, Peterson or Smith-Schuster? I'd rather PPR no-brainer, it's Schuster. And I think in standard leagues, it's Schuster as well. The best matchup for Pittsburgh, believe it or not, is going to be in the slot. Yeah, you know they've got good corners in Cincinnati. Isn't it Smith? Why, why do you keep saying Schuster? I feel like you're shortchanging him half of his name. Smith hyphen Schuster. Yeah, that, thank you. That's exactly you're how welcome. I say it. Matt Forte was limited in practice. Safest thing is just to avoid the Jets running backs. I would, and it's not. It has nothing to do with the matchup. It has everything to do with how they mix and match them. You, you start Forte as the number three running back because you've got no one better. We knew that Robert Woods was going to miss at least two games. It looks like he's going to miss three games. He's unlikely to play next week against the Eagles. Hugh Jackson said Josh Gordon will not be on a pitch count. Starter sit. He's a sit. I really want to see it first, but it's almost the same thing as Forte. If you don't really have anybody better than Josh Gordon and you've been waiting this long, whether it's been a week or if you were crazy enough to pick him up a month ago, Maybe you roll him out there. The, the one thing I've heard, I've got friends in Cleveland, the only thing I've heard is that conditioning could be an issue for him. Remember, the guy hasn't played in a football game, a regular season football game, since 2014. It's yeah, been a while. That's a good point. So I, I would try and take a cautious approach. This is probably the toughest matchup he'll have uh, for, goodness, uh, maybe the rest of the season, unless you count Week 17 at Pittsburgh. And even then, 
not sure you'd say that that's a horrible matchup. We got uh, Ken Crawley for the Saints likely to play this week, one of their cornerbacks, but Marshawn Lattimore did not practice, so they might have half of their starting cornerback duo. And it's going to be interesting to see how he will line up. Are they going to stick him on Devin Funches for the whole game, or are they going to play sides and, and keep Crawley just on half the field, and then the Panthers can move Funches around? That's one that's going to be interesting to see, but it, it's it's a positive for the Saints that he's coming back. Wait until you hear the numbers for Cam Newton at New Orleans in his last three games there. DeMarco Murray dealing with an illness. Aaron Jones could be a game-time decision. That's annoying. Hopefully we'll know more during the mailbag show, but we'll preview that game and give you a cool stat that will make you fairly confident in Jamal Williams, unless Aaron Jones plays. Do you expect the following players? They're on the injury report. Jarvis Landry. Yes. Cameron Brait. Yes. Tyler Croft. Sure. Jimmy Graham. Okay. Chris Hogan. No, brother. Richard Matthews. Not as of now. Let's see if he practices on Friday. Amir Abdullah. That's going to be an interesting one. I would imagine uh, even if he plays, you're not going to want to use him. I mean, it's Amir Abdullah. Come on. Yeah, and it's Baltimore. All right, so speaking of Baltimore, we didn't talk about their running backs yesterday because we didn't know about Alex Collins, and he was supposed to be the start of the week. And I assume he still is the start of the week because Collins practiced yesterday and he looks good to go. And he is in my FanDuel lineup, Dave, because you know that stat. Nine running backs have had 13 or more carries against Detroit. Seven of them have scored double-digit fantasy points. Last week, McKinnon failed us, but Latavius Murray came through. So, I I mean, he could have a huge—I love it. I love Alex Collins this week. Do you love Alex Collins this week? I do, too. Uh, I believe it's 11 rushing touchdowns overall allowed by the Lions in their last six. Nine to running backs. The other two were quarterbacks from the goal line. They are terrible at the goal line. And I'm expecting Alex Collins to score. And because he's been getting a lot of work, at least 13 carries for sure, I think he's going to end up finishing as a top 12 running back this week. I think he can get you, um, I don't know if he can get you more than what Alfred Morris got you, but I think he'll come pretty close to it. All right, then. that. And what about Woodhead? He's 71% on. He's a lot more interesting. He's just not getting you a lot of yards. I mean, he hasn't even we, gotten to 50 yards yet. We haven't seen a game where the Ravens have had to lean on him because they're playing from behind, and I don't know if this is going to be no. it either. I don't know so, if they have one all season looking at their schedule. Maybe, well, for maybe, the rest of the season? You yeah. think it's just going to be a cakewalk to the playoffs? No, I, I think it could be a lot of close games. I like. I would just well, they're remember, at Pittsburgh next week. That's okay. That's the only one. Then at Cleveland and home against Indianapolis. Right. So I I'm don't, starting to get that feeling that Woodhead could be just a guy that takes up a spot on your on your bench. Yeah, I think I have to start him in one league in PPR. I'm not yeah. even well. That helps. At least it's PPR. It. Yeah, I'm obviously not considering it in standard. But uh, Woodhead or Peterson PPR. That's going to be close. I will. I will probably shade a little bit toward Woodhead. Dave, let's shade a little bit towards week 14 and let, oh, by the way, Jamie is not, uh, Jamie is, uh, something at school with his kid, I believe, something awesome. So he's not in today, but he will be. How dare he put his family before us? <laughs> he, I so think that's vain. what it is. Is that what it is? What? A kid, I, a kid I, I don't know thing? where he is. Do, do I look like his secretary? You guys Does sit Jamie next, know where I am all the time? Next to each other. Everybody <laughs> thinks that we're like always supposed to be together. Did I ever tell you the story about when I was on a cruise with my family and somebody recognized me? And the guy's first question to me is, where's Jamie? <laughs> when I, uh, like we're not those, we're not co- co-joined twins. When I we're, first we're met individual people, Jamie, like, I don't know, a few months into it, 
this was like nine years ago or something. He we were That's talking cool. about his wedding, and he was and I was like, "Oh, was Dave your best man?" And he's like, "No, like everybody asked me that." <laughs> 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 anyway, Jamie will be in for FFT video, and I think for the mailbag actually. I was at Jamie's wedding. You were. If you have any questions about it, you can ask me on the mailbag. Okay. Looking forward to it. Let's beat, I will tell all. Let's beat Jamie. Let's beat the waiver wire. Let's look ahead to week 14, Dave. Um, so here are some names that I think are interesting if you need a wide receiver. I'm very interested in Marquise Goodwin. Uh, he's, I think, got a quarterback upgrade. He yes. should be the targets leader for the 49ers, and he's at Houston. Oh, beautiful. So I'm going to call Marquise Goodwin a sleeper next week. I, I'm with you. So you get him now. You see how he performs with Garoppolo against Chicago. It could be pretty good. And then, uh, maybe you use him if you need receiver help. He's, I, I'm not getting him if I'm rocked at receiver. You know what I'm saying? If I've got superstars. Oh, of course not. Of course not. There's no reason to carry him. No. You're going to leave him for somebody else. Yes. Um, you need help at receiver. That's a guy. Don't forget to play defense. I don't think Goodwin's the kind of guy you have to play defense with, but, uh, Josh Gordon, if he's still out there, he's got Green Bay next week. And Corey Coleman, I mean, the Packers are terrible against wide receivers, and especially number ones, but including number twos. They often give up a lot of fantasy points to number two receivers, which is why Deshaun Jackson's interesting this week. We'll talk about him. But Corey Coleman is another guy. Uh, I, if people drop Chris Hogan, are you interested in Chris Hogan? He could be back next week and he's 88% sure. owned. Sure. Yeah. He would be a risky start in his first game back though. Sure. I think it's the, it's the Dolphins Monday night. <clears throat> uh, Cincinnati's DST could be great against Chicago at home, 58% owned. Mm-hmm. Packers DST at Cleveland. Let's see how Cleveland looks this week before we anoint them. That's one you can pick up now and wait and see, but you might end up cutting them on Tuesday if you lose confidence in their ability to dominate. Also, if Tampa Bay has a good game against the Packers defense, yeah, you might not feel so good about starting them at Cleveland. Houston's DST against the Niners, 75%. Wait a minute, you just got done talking about Marquise Goodwin. I know, I know, but he could still have a good game and, and they could. I would put them in the same boat as Green Bay. And Denver's DST against the Jets? I would, I would probably put them in the same boat as well. This is going to be a crowded boat. I looked at, I hope you have a really good DST. It's not a great streaming DST week. No, but Cincinnati is at the top of the list. Yes, that's a good one. Uh, Tyrod Taylor against the Colts. And like I said on Wednesday's show, there are going to be a lot of quarterbacks. I don't know that you really have to stash any. There should be some, like this week, you know, there were there were like five guys that you could pick up, maybe even more, try to get you 18 fantasy points if you need it. Uh, so Tyrod Taylor, I think, is probably the cream of that crop. Uh, you ready for my banana? No, we'll do it when we get to the game. All right, let's, uh, let's get to the games then. Minnesota at Atlanta. I'm not going to use the B word here, but I will just say that Minnesota scored 24 or more points in four straight games. Atlanta scored 27 or more points in three straight games. We're talking, we've got some 30-point games in there. I mean, these offenses are humming right now, Dave. Is it a high-scoring game? I think it could be. I think it, I think it really could be the way that these offenses have been playing. The one question is whether or not the Falcons can keep rising to the occasion against the Vikings' defense. Stat of the game. You ready? Sure. It's all about Devontae Freeman's carries. You know, you could talk about Julio Jones and the matchup against Xavier Rhodes. I'm glad you're bringing this up. Go ahead. I think Freeman's the tougher Falcon this week because when he's had in five games between nine and 12 carries, he's got one touchdown and no double-digit fantasy point games in standard. 
in his other three games, Freeman's had 18 to 21 carries. It hasn't been like 14 or 15 or 16. It's either 9 to 12 or 18 to 21 carries. And he's been a monster in those games. I don't think he's going to, I don't know that he's going to get more than 12. I would bet against it. And he's facing the arguably the toughest run defense in football. I agree with you. And look at the carries in the four games before he got hurt. It was against Miami. There were three road games in there. One of them was Seattle. That was a tough one. Nine carries, 12 carries, 12 carries, 11 carries. Total touches, 11, 15, 13, 15. Total fantasy points, 7, 8, 6, 5. Those yep. are all single digits. And if you make a PPR, it was 9, 11, 7, 9. It's only one game with double digits, and it was in PPR, not standard. Mm-hmm. Tevin Coleman, by comparison, had fewer touches. But he had, he was better than Freeman in three of the four games in standard and two of the four in PPR. I think the biggest difference this year, Falcons running backs, especially Freeman, they're just not getting anything done in the passing game. Freeman has one game this year with more than 20 receiving yards. So, you know, if he doesn't score, he's not, he's not getting you the total yards like last year. And, and Coleman, I think he has five catches in his last seven games. Right. He's not getting nearly as much work in the passing game. He was. Which leads me to believe, and they even talked about it. Dan Quinn even talked about this week when he was talking about Devontae Freeman and his return, that he would make a big impact in the passing game. That makes sense. Put him in that position immediately. Now what do you do on running downs? And I I think you're going to continue to see a split like we saw before Freeman got hurt. I would be surprised if he had 20 carries in this game, unless – it's a matchup where Minnesota just turns the ball over a lot and Atlanta's ahead in the second half and they're just killing the clock. Yeah, I guess the question is, do you start either Freeman or Coleman against a team that allows the fewest fantasy points to opposing running backs? I, I don't think you set high expectations for him. I've got Freeman currently at 23rd and I've got Tevin Coleman at 21st. And I'm, I'm sticking with it. I think Tevin will be the better running back. I think he'll get, I think he's earned a little bit more work. So, what has he been getting with Freeman before Freeman's injury? About 10 touches per game. Maybe that bumps up to 12. Freeman can still have 12 touches, 13 touches. And that's if they're in a competitive game. If they're getting their brains beat in, because who knows what uh, this Falcons defense know. is going to be like. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, they're not going to have Trufant, and that's a big deal. Desmond Trufant is, is a huge factor in this game, both in how the Falcons are going to call their defense and, and, and what to expect offensively from Minnesota. Okay. So I, I'm not certain that either guy will be great. They're both number two running backs for me. I'm just a little bit more confident in Coleman. Um, and, and my guess is that they'll let him bang around near the goal line rather than Freeman. Start Crowell over these guys? I would. Start Josh Gordon over them? No. Okay. Uh, so more in this game. A lot more in this game. Let's go to the quarterbacks. Which one do you like better? Keenum, who's 74% owned, or Matt Ryan, who has not had more than 22 fantasy points in a game all season? I'm going to go with Keenum. He's been very hot. We're looking for 20 fantasy points. He's given you 19 in each of his last four games, and in two of his last three, it's been over 30. We can go back to the matchup of Desmond Trufant versus Stephon Diggs. If if Trufant plays, I think that hurts Diggs. If Trufant's out, then you're probably – I don't know if they're going to have the other cornerback. I think it's Alford travel with Diggs, and I think Diggs is going to end up having a huge week. So it's definitely – Something that would help Case Keenum, who's done a nice job spreading the ball around, using different receivers from week to week. Um, and uh, on top of it, I don't know how well Minnesota will be able to run the ball. 
That's a so, really that's a tough so, one. So I think Keenum's going to have to do work. You can get a pretty good sense that it could be a struggle for the Falcons running backs. The Vikings running backs are more interesting. I mean, I, I think at this point it's pretty easy to get away from McKinnon, right? Even in PPR. Yeah, I, I would take him in PPR ahead of Murray. Why? I would take him in standard ahead of Murray because I don't know if Murray's going to score. Atlanta's yeah, but, but only McKinnon's allowed five touchdowns doing, to running backs. McKinnon's not doing anything. I mean, Murray's getting... You know why McKinnon hasn't been doing anything? Because Murray's been playing in games where the Vikings have a huge lead, or it's early on and they get near I the goal line. I just think he's the primary ball carrier now. He okay, gets, gets 15 carries every week, six straight games with 15 or more carries. I think I think the matchup dictates more McKinnon this week than Murray. Then they now, better that's be trailing. my opinion. That's just not the opinion of the Vikings. doesn't mean that Murray won't get... 13, 14, 15 carries, but I don't know if Man. he's going to do what you want him to do with it. He makes me nervous. But what, but like so, what, if, if you're nervous about him, I just don't know why you'd be not nervous about McKinnon. Like McKinnon has not been playing as well as Murray lately. He's not even catching that many passes lately. He's got, but I think he could in this game. I think the matchups, what have we said all along about the Falcons? I don't defense? know that that is true yeah. anymore though. Like they're much better in that regard, defending pass catching running backs than they used they to They have be. been. But it doesn't mean that the Vikings can't try it. And, and let me let me just really put a cap on all this and say that both of them are outside of my top 24. So you like the Falcons running backs better than the I like Vikings. both Falcons running backs better than both Vikings running backs. I like Duke Johnson and Isaiah Crowell, both Browns running backs, better than both Vikings running backs. It's very interesting to me because I, I feel like Murray has sort of earned start status, you know, at least as a number two. He it, makes me nervous. I understand. I, he... He's got the feel of a running back who might get you 50, 60 total yards. Okay. All right. I understand. So Dave wants to avoid them. Start Adam Thielen. And then Diggs is interesting. Would you start Diggs over any running back in this game? I might start Diggs over every running back in this yeah, game. That's if we I find know. out that Desmond Trufant is out, then I think Diggs has maybe the best matchup of any Vikings player. Uh, what if Trufant is in? Then I'd probably lower expectations considerably. I think he makes a difference. You can score on Desmond Trufant. But I, I think that he makes it harder. He's and he's also like a big guy. He, he's he's going to hurt Diggs a little bit. Kyle Rudolph is top, basically twelfth. He's right around twelfth, so he is an okay start. The Falcons have allowed between fifty-two and fifty-nine yards to a tight end in three straight games: Witten, Graham, and Howard. And that's a pretty good start. And that's what Rudolph has been around the last two weeks. So you know, hopefully he scores. But I think what six fantasy points could be realistic. Maybe maybe twelve if he gets in the end zone for Rudolph. Yeah, and really he's much safer in PPR. We've seen some great consistency from him there. All right, Matt Ryan or we know you like Keenum better. Matt Ryan or Josh McCown. McCown. Matt Ryan or Derek Carr. I've got Ryan ahead of Carr right now. Okay. I, I think with Matt Ryan, you're starting him and you're hoping that he falls somewhere between. 17 and 21 fantasy points. And we, we just, we haven't seen it from him breaking through that 22 point barrier. No. And I have a hard time believing he's going to do it against a healthy Vikings defense. Only one quarterback has done that against the Vikings. It was Cousins who had two rushing touchdowns. They, they are a great defense. And Julio Jones, you know, he's top six in both formats. He just had 250 yards. <laughs> two years ago, he faced the Vikings. He had five catches for 56 yards. And that followed three straight games with 137 or more yards before that game. Yep. So, you know, Ryan just, has had trouble with Mike Zimmer defenses, at least the the Minnesota versions of them. Multiple interceptions in two meetings against Zimmer. 
Yeah, all right, so look, I get you're starting Julio Jones. Just recognize that it could be a tough matchup. The good thing, the silver lining is this. The Vikings have struggled against wide receivers in their last three games. Maurice Harris caught, caught a touchdown. Crowder had a good game. Robert Woods at 81 yards. Then Marvin Jones had the monster game. Uh, Sid Austin Hooper. And the Vikings DST is good, not great this week. Eighth for Jamie, 11th for Dave. Heath doesn't like them. He has them 20th. And that, oh, Sanu. Starter sit Sanu real quick, Dave. Ah, uh, he's a flex. Okay. So not a black, but a flex. <laughs> definitely, uh, definitely digs over him. But what about like Freeman or, or Sanu? PPR Sanu, standard Freeman. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm just marinating it in my head right now. Maybe Sanu. Nah, you know what? I'm going to stick with it. Freeman over Sanu and standard. All right. All right, guys. So listen, it's, it's uh, really important to have the right people at your company. Okay. If you are, have any influence on that, if you're hiring at your company, please use ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter.com slash FFT. That's the way to try it for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash FFT. This is a service that's going to be good for businesses of all sizes and industries to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. And the thing is you need great talent, but you don't really have the time. So you need the the website that has the smarter tools. ZipRecruiter lets you post your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards with just one click. ZipRecruiter puts its smart smart matching technology to work and actively notifies qualified candidates about your job. It says, hey, you're a good candidate. Here's a job. This is for you. You're going to get great results, and you're going to get them very, very quickly. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on the right candidates finding you. It finds them. That's what makes ZipRecruiter so great. And 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate, quality, through the site in just one day. Please use ZipRecruiter. It's the smartest way to hire. ZipRecruiter.com slash FFT. Try it for free. One more time, everybody. ZipRecruiter.com slash FFT. So we spent a lot of time on that game. It was a very interesting game. The Rams at the Cardinals might be a little bit easier for fantasy owners, but I think, uh, you know, Jared Goff is kind of interesting. The first guy that we should talk about is Peterson. I think we've already kind of covered him, but let's do it again real quick. The Rams allow 4.7 yards per carry to running backs. That's the stat of the game. And I've, I've been trying to make the case that they have a good run defense and the stats deceiving, and I just don't think I can do it anymore. Peterson did have three fantasy points like, in the first time he faced the Rams. He just, Do you remember the circumstances around that? Well, they lost 33 nothing. I tend to believe he's more of a matchup-based running back at this point. But I'm – like, the stats bear it out that the Rams' run defense isn't great. But they've taken on some pretty decent running games this year. They they got blasted by the Saints last week, mainly by Alvin Yeah, Kuna. they did well against Ingram. And uh, I guess Minnesota isn't that good of a run offense, but maybe they are. But nonetheless, here they are giving up two touchdowns against Minnesota a couple weeks ago. So, all right, fine. Maybe they're not so great. But I'm still, between the injury and what we know about Adrian Peterson, even with the big workload, I'm nervous about him getting any more than 80 total yards. And they could lose big again. I mean, the Rams are much better at home than they are on the road in terms of defensively. But you don't want him to fall behind. I, he just Peterson feels so boom or bust to me. Do you, does that, do you feel that way too? Yeah, of course. Okay. So, Jared Goff then. We'll go to the Rams first. Uh, Jared Goff, starter set. What do you think? Um, Jared Goff. I like him. You like him? I think he's, I, I think he's good enough to start. We've seen enough from him. And you know the deal when you play against Arizona, you think that Patrick Peterson shuts down the whole passing game. He only shuts down part of it. 
And the other corners that they have, they give up numbers. Slot receivers do well against them. Number two receivers do well against them. Quarterbacks do pretty well against them. So I think Jared Goff can come through with another 20-point-plus game against Arizona. Uh, so you'd start him over Matt Ryan? Yes, I would. Okay, okay. Uh, Todd Gurley, we're starting. And then what about the wide receivers? Which wide receiver do you like better for the Rams? Cup, because of the slot matchup. Can't start Sammy Watkins. We're going to assume that Patrick Peterson will cover him. That wipes him out. And I think Cup is going to continue to get lots of targets with Robert Woods not there. Josh Reynolds is a sneaky sleeper. I think he's probably a better DFS tournament play than anything else. But he's going to keep getting playing time, and he's going to benefit from easier coverage. Cooper Cup or Devontae Freeman? I'll go Cup. Cooper Cup or Adrian Peterson? Cup. Cooper Cup or, well, Sammy Watkins or Mohamed Sanu? Sanu. All right, we're yeah, I just I don't Hawkins. I don't want to. I'm nervous to trust Sammy, who already isn't getting a ton of targets to begin with. Now he's lining up against Patrick Peterson. That's not a good matchup for him. No interest in Blaine Gabbert, huh? Am I desperate for a quarterback? <laughs> if I'm considering guys like Trevor Simeon or Jimmy Garoppolo, then I have to consider Blaine Gabbert because mm-hmm. he's been just he's been playing better than what the narrative has been on him. Yeah, he hasn't been a checkdown Charlie. So Larry Fitzgerald, does he bounce back? He only had three catches for 29 yards in the first meeting. The Rams could be without Kayvon Webster. That's a problem, but what about uh, Roby Coleman? I don't, I'm not sure. That's their slot corner, and if he plays, that'll hurt Larry Fitzgerald a little bit. He's been pretty good for them, but if he's out, he's gonna, Larry Fitzgerald should have a nice game. Nice bounce back game. Nickel Roby Coleman, their Nickel cornerback? Yeah. That's very cool. I like that. So look, Fitzgerald was playing really well. He had 70 more, 70 or more yards in three straight games before last week when he struggled predictably against Jacksonville. Uh, would you start Fitzgerald or Cup? Uh, give me Cup. But over Watkins. Yes. Uh, Fitzgerald over Watkins. Would it's you a s- Ram Fitzgerald sandwich. Burkhead or Fitzgerald? I think I would trust Rex. Okay. Ricky Seals Jones or okay. Kyle Rudolph? Uh, I think it's really going to come down. I, I feel like it should come down to what type of a league that you're in. I think it's a real close call and standard between the two of them. PPR, it's a no-brainer. I'm going to go Rudolph, but standard. You could you could make the case for Seals Jones. The one thing that gets me about him is that we've seen him play for two weeks now. The Rams have to know about him. They've got to know who he is and what he's capable of doing. So they've got to cover him when he's on the field, and he might play more. That's awesome, but I I just have a hard time believing that this guy's going to go from out of nowhere, like literally no one knew who he was except for the diehard high school scouting community, and maybe some Texas A&M fans obviously knew who he was. Yes. And now he's going to become a consistent tight end superstar for fantasy. Now, look, these these stories happen, but they're rare. And I don't know if Seals Jones with Blaine Gabbard under center is going to keep the story going this week. You have Evan Ingram one spot ahead of Ricky Seals Jones. Yep. Uh, I have Seals Jones 13th, but I've got Kyle Rudolph 11th. Yeah. I can't be the only one who sings Kiss by a Rose on the Grave every time I think about Ricky Seals Jones, right? You might be. <laughs> I don't want to hear it. Okay, no problem. Rams DST. Why do you have him only 10th? They're top four for Dave and J- for Heath and Jamie, excuse me. Because I think Arizona can put up some points. All right. Rams are the number four DST this season. They have had two bad games in a row. At Minnesota and home against New Orleans. Tougher matchups. But 
You can yep. definitely start the Rams, no, no matter which analyst you follow. Start the Rams. DST. Carolina is at New Orleans. Been kissed by a uh, stat of the game number one. Jamie mentioned a few days ago that Cam has great history at New Orleans, and he was not kidding. I didn't even go back on any farther, but any fur- further. But uh Cam Newton's last three games at the Saints, 41 fantasy points, 45 fantasy points, 30 fantasy points. Oh, man, if I weren't worried about the, the thumb, gosh, I'd be so excited for Cam. I would have put him in my daily lineup, but I'd have a little bit of reservation. But you have him as a must-start, right? Of course. He's run for a touchdown in two of his last three. He's got that rushing mojo back after a, the, the way that the season started. I think Carolina realized that they've got to let him be him. They can't change him around. And so the offense reverted back to being Cam-centric. I, uh, you're going to be scared off by what you saw last week against the Jets. He completed 39.3% of his passes, six yards per attempt. Pretty uncharacteristic of him. Now, he does have some low yard per attempt games. I'm not so sure this is going to be one of them because he's going to have to throw downfield, attack that secondary, especially if Lattimore does not play. The easier the matchup gets, the more that I like Cam. And the fact that last week Jared Goff wasn't harassed by the Saints pass rush, both cornerbacks were out last week and made it an easy game for Goff. With one of the cornerbacks back, I still like Cam. If both of them play, even with the pass rush not as good as it's been, I, I'm, I get a little nervous about Cam Newton, despite the history in the series. Remember, he's put up these great numbers against New Orleans when their defense was crapola. And yeah, now it's not that good. good. It, it's fine, but it's like so overrated. They just they had such an easy schedule. Um. All right, so Cam is top I, six. I, I don't, I don't think the secondary is overrated, and I think well, without one Lattimore, of the keys to football. Without Lattimore, it's not. Yes, good. it's different without Lattimore. He's been a huge. But when you've got two really good cornerbacks, defensive coordinators have the confidence to dial up more pressure. Sure, and Cam now, does yeah. not do well under pressure. All right, sorry, Dave. Um, the running backs for. And by the way, I am starting Philip Rivers over him in daily, and and you guys have Rivers ranked ahead of Cam, but not that for many sure. quarterbacks. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, Jonathan Stewart. Do you trust McCaffrey even in standard scoring leagues? I think he's okay. I don't have a problem going with McCaffrey. I originally had him ranked really high this week because I think just the, the nature of his game, the fact that he'll catch passes, attack the sides and the edges of that New Orleans defense, that sounds like a way for Carolina to go about doing business on Sunday. And if they're playing from behind, he's going to be on the field and being just as involved, if not more involved, in, in that type of circumstance. So what about Jonathan Stewart? I have a hard time believing that he'll score a touchdown and get you 30 or 40 yards on top of it, despite the carries that he's been getting. Would you start Devontae Booker over Jonathan Stewart? In a heartbeat. Would you start Christian McCaffrey over any of the running backs in the Falcons-Vikings game? I would start him over all of the running backs in the Falcons. I should say all instead of any. That's, that is what I mean when I, what, what's wrong with me? Uh, Devin Funches. Where do I begin? Yeah, I, Devin Funches top 14 in both formats. You're starting him. That could change. You've got to keep an eye on that, uh, as we head into Sunday. Okay. Starters could go down, not up. Greg Olson. Not ranked right now. Let's see if he practices on Friday and gets in the game. We don't know how serious that foot injury is. All right. Are you going to trust him if he plays? Low-end starter. Like, that's a guy you would consider up against Rudolph, Evan Ingram, 
Ricky Seals Jones, Don't Sing. No, no. I hate that song. That song, there, there's a bit of personal history that I have with that song that makes me dislike that song. Okay, well, we'd love to hear it. All right, we won't hear it. Uh, the Saints have allowed six touchdowns to tight ends, often not the guy you would expect, like Fells instead of Ebron, Stocker instead of Brait, O'Leary instead of Clay, Jeremy Sprinkle instead of Vernon Davis. It's very strange, but they do struggle against tight ends. Uh, Drew Brees or Cam Newton, Dave? I believe I have Cam a spot higher than Brees right now. You do. You do. Uh, okay, so Drew that, Brees that can also change. is still Let's a guy. See what that same secondary looks like. Still a guy you want to start 26 fantasy points in his first, first meeting against them on only 29 fantasy, on only 29 attempts. Alright, here are the four quarterbacks who have 30 or fewer pass attempts against the Panthers, which is basically what you've been getting from Brees. Tyrod Taylor scored 10. Drew Brees scored 26 fantasy points. Carson Wentz scored 26 fantasy points. And then Trubisky scored four fantasy points on seven pass attempts. So Brees and Wentz, two good quarterbacks, did score 26 fantasy points on 29 or 30 pass attempts. Also, he might throw more because it could be a very high-scoring game. So everybody's going to start Brees, but, I mean, look, they are frustrated. You could definitely start Rivers over him. You could start Cam Newton over him. And, unfortunately, we would have told you to start Cousins over him. Roethlisberger or Brees? I'm sorry? Roethlisberger or Brees? I've got Brees a spot ahead of Roethlisberger, but they're both top ten. I have a, I, Here, I'll give you the bottom top ten as it is right now. Early morning Friday on December the 1st. Cam, Breeze, Roethlisberger, Goff, Keenum. And uh, we've got the New Orleans running backs. Very interesting. Again, Kenyon Drake, the only running back with double-digit fantasy points in standard scoring leagues against the Panthers. Great run defense. And that includes the Saints running backs, by the way, although they did have Adrian Peterson with nine carries the first time they faced Carolina. Are they automatic starts, Kamara and Ingram? Yes, you're going to start them no matter what I spill out of my mouth in the next 15 seconds. But I will say that I do believe the Panthers' run defense is good. If I had to pick between the two, I'm taking Kamara. I love the workload they has been getting. Certainly the production, the efficiency is through the roof. And the better way to attack this Panthers' defense, which I'm sure the Saints will see, is by throwing the ball and not running right into the teeth of that defense. And I think Kamara's better at that than Ingram. They're both good at catching the ball, but Kamara's better. Start Michael Thomas. Starter said Ted Ginn. I like Ted Ginn this week. You saw what he did last time against Carolina, 44 yards and a touchdown. That was on two catches. That was on three targets. Ted Ginn has 17 targets in his last two games. He's caught 13 of them. He's been playing a tiny bit more in the slot, and I think that that's making a big difference for his production and certainly for his targets. And so I like Ted Ginn this week. I think he can come through with another good game. Would you start Ted Ginn or um, Christian McCaffrey? I've got McCaffrey higher. Ted Ginn or Kenyon Drake? I don't know how to feel about Drake. I think in a PPR, Ginn is, is who I would go with. In a standard, I'll probably say that it's safer to go with Drake. Mm-hmm. But I think they're pretty close. It's really Domitopeko is the guy you have to look for when you when you evaluate Drake this week. I honestly I don't even know if the matchup matters. I think we're it talking matters. about the Dolphins just don't run the football. Yeah, but they're they ranked thirtieth in the league guy. in rush attempts. Yeah, he's still gonna. I mean, he's gonna catch passes too. Maybe. Okay, next game is uh, Philadelphia at Seattle. I want to play a quick like trivia with you with this game, okay? Okay. What is the name of the bread that you eat at Indian restaurants? Naan. Uh, fill in the blank. You're asking me a food question? Yeah. Fill another, another, uh, 
food question. Fill in the blank. Uh, pepperoni Pete. Pepperoni Pete. Prisco? Pepperoni no. Pete. Is that his nickname? No, now? food. It's a food, Dave. Like, don't, don't think too hard. Cheese, Pete, blank. Pepperoni Pete. What's your favorite type of pizza? What's my favorite type of pizza? Pizza, I'm going for. Uh, and little blank peep. Fill in the blank. I know what you're trying to do. <laughs> I had it all figured out. I can't believe you went with Indian bread for the nan. Well, what else was I going to do? What's another name for an au pair? Uh, no, that would be nanny. It's not bananas. It's bananas. Well, the knee. Philadelphia at Seattle. Going to be a lot of points here. What do you call here? an au pair without legs? A nan. Because there's no knee. Oh, that's good. I like that. All right. So I'm going bonanza. I love, I think Carson Wentz has a good match. Like I don't even, he's top you four. Can't. He's top yeah. four. I, I'm not intimidated by this defense, this pass defense without Cam Chancellor. Um, Russell Wilson, on the other hand, Philadelphia, very good against quarterbacks. But, um, yeah, I, well, you know, I mean, their secondary just gotten a lot better. Uh, Kirk Cousins scored 29 fantasy points against them recently. I don't know. What is, is Wilson a safe start? He's in the exact same boat as Carson Wentz. Yeah. It's a tough matchup, but you know what they're capable of doing. It helps Russell Wilson that he's playing at home. I think, I think if you've got him, you're, you're starting him. Mm-hmm. You could consider benching him for Phillip Rivers. It might be, he and Wentzer might be the only two guys that I would take a long look at. And I, I think I would do it. I think I would sit Wilson for those guys. It was very hard to get a fill in the blank for Zah, by the way. Um, no, uh, any running backs in this game? Who, who should Superman kneel to? Zod, yes. But you right. keep putting extra letters in there. Now we have, we have Banani Zod. I just don't want, I, you can have a Bonani, Bonani Zod. <laughs> Fine. This is That's the what it would Zod. be. Uh, any running backs in this game? I'll give you a sleeper. You might have heard of him. Garrett Blunt. Yeah, I, the fact I, I think is, if there's a guy, if there's a running back who scores a touchdown, it could be a goal line job. And that's what LeGarrette Blunt does for Philadelphia. And Seattle's allowed a few rushing touchdowns lately. Just a few, not a lot. Yes, I mean, you had the, uh, with the Rob Kelly game, you had two goal line touchdowns. Yeah, but you need a touchdown because the running, the run defenses are so good in this game. He would also be the guy that's killing the clock at the end of the game for Philly. Yeah. So, and listen, Seattle, when I said they've allowed a rushing touchdown lately, They've allowed five in their last five games. None last week against San Fran, but one to Atlanta. That was Tevin Coleman. I believe it was short yardage. Arizona had one. That was Andre Ellington, a short yards touchdown late in garbage time. The two to Rob Kelly that you talked about. The Texans had one. It was Lamar Miller. You need need the goal line touchdown. These run. You need it. Listen, I'm not advocating starting Legarrette Blunt. It's just one of those desperation type running backs. I, I found him on the waiver wire in a couple of my leagues. I picked him up. Would you start Nelson Aguilar over all of the running backs in this game? I would. Yeah. Do you like Nelson Aguilar? Kind of do. Don't hate the matchup for him. He'll play in the slot. He'll see a lot of Justin Coleman. Coleman's been okay. But we've seen Aguilar make big plays. And I think it's going to be a little harder for Zach Ertz to be involved. So maybe Aguilar's the guy that Wentz looks to over the middle. The tight ends are both starts. And you have to. Baldwin yeah. and Baldwin and Jeffrey are good or great starts. They're good. I, you just you have to do it. You know what their potential is. Sit the Eagles DST, but the C, or sit the Seahawks DST. Excuse me, but the Eagles DST is tenth for Jamie, sixth for Dave, and eighth for Heath. They can get some turnovers, and I think they'll get after Russell Wilson too. 
We've got the Giants at the Raiders here, and the stat of the game. All right, this is kind of an interesting one, so follow along. There are nine NFL teams who have allowed 20 or more touchdown passes, and the Giants are one of them. Not counting the game in which he left with an injury, Derek Carr has faced four of the nine teams that have allowed 20 or more passing touchdowns. And in those four games, he has scored 20 or more fantasy points three times. The other game, he scored 16 fantasy points at Miami when he threw for 300 yards. So basically, Carr has not had that good of a season. But he's had good games when he's faced these teams that give up a lot of touchdowns. The Giants give up a lot of touchdowns. Even without Crabtree and Cooper, we're assuming Cooper doesn't play here, starter sit Derek Carr. I think he's a, he's a borderline starter. He's not in my top 12. But I like the matchup a ton. We're talking about Giants defense without their best corner. Their pass rush is still going to be okay, but I just don't know if that – I don't know if the offense is going to put the defense in a lot of favorable positions in this game. I know they won't. <laughs> the turnovers are going to be a problem, and it will set up Derek Carr with some good short yardage opportunities. But I also think this is a Marshawn Lynch week. And we saw 26 carries from him last week. They were put in a spot where they had to do something on offense without Crabtree and Cooper for the entire second half. They were without Crabtree for pretty much the entire game. And you saw them give Marshawn Lynch the ball, and they realized, oh, man, he can still do it. He's not bad. He didn't have a great rushing average, but he gave them some semblance of a rushing presence, and he caught the football. Mm -hmm. He was making catches for them. So I think they they, they kind of recenter the offense a little bit more around Lynch this week. And I think the matchup dictates that, too. I hope so. You know, there have only been two running backs this year that have scored double digits against the Giants in standard with 14 or fewer carries. So the Giants have given up fantasy points to the running backs, but a lot of them get, you know, 18, 20 carries. We've only seen that twice this year from Lynch. One was last week. I hope they go back to him. Do you like Lynch better than Darkwa? Much better than Darkwa. I don't like Darkwa. Okay. I don't want to use him. I think this is a game the Giants trail. We haven't seen him get a lot of use in those types of matchups. And he had 19 snaps last week. Wayne Gallman started to get more playing time. And look, man, if they're, if they're moving in toward the future, <laughs> that's what they're pitching it as. That's why they're starting Geno Smith. I don't know why right. they think Geno back, Smith back might the be future. their future. <laughs> yeah. If they're doing it at quarterback, they might do it at running back too. Lynch or Freeman? Lynch. Lynch, or... Lynch is inching closer and closer to being a top 12 running back for me this Lynch week. Lynch or Sterling Shepard? Lynch. Sterling Shepard or a Raiders wide receiver? Shepard. Yeah, I mean, look, the Raiders have a bad defense. They don't have to go through all the numbers. They have a bad defense. Do you trust Sterling Shepard this week? I do. I think he's the most trustworthy Giants player. And that being said, he's still outside my top 24 at receiver. Would you start Sanu or Shepard? Sanu. Really? Really? Against the Vikings? Yeah. Would you start Zay Jones or Shepard? Shepard. Would you start Shepard or Ginn? Uh, I would go Ginn over right? Shepard, and I'll take it back. I'll start Shepard over Sanu. All right, so Ginn. But Shepherd's they're they're ranked fairly close together. Um, Evan Ingram, he's borderline top twelve. He's one spot ahead of Ricky Seals Jones. He's behind Doyle and Kyle Rudolph. So he's okay. I mean, these are two teams that that struggle against tight ends, uh, especially the Giants. Jared Cook, he's in my he's him. in my Fanduel lineup. Like you got to start him, right? He's going to get so many targets. You've got to. He had. I think something like 20% of all targets last week, which might have been a season high for him. He didn't do a ton with it, but... Did nothing with it, but he had a touchdown overturned. Yeah, well, I wish that... I'm kind of glad it was overturned. Now they can go back to him this week. 
Yeah, and it's just obviously no Cooper, no Crabtree. So what about – which Raiders wide receiver do you like better? I'm going to take the upside play of Cordero Patterson ahead of uh, the safe, kind of reliable slot guy of Seth Roberts. They're pretty interesting, though. Like they could it's, definitely. It's really. Score. It's. I spent a lot of time trying to figure out who the best one would be, and I. I don't have a lot of confidence in any of them. The one thing I'll say is that Patterson has been a decent part of that offense all year. The numbers don't bear it out because they've got Crabtree and Cooper, and those guys dominate targets. So does Jared Cook. But Patterson plays a lot, and they find ways to get him the ball even when everybody's healthy. They're gonna have to lean on him a little bit more than usual this game because they're out of wide receivers. And he hasn't been a total nightmare for them like he was for Minnesota. Would you start Devontae Parker or Cordero Patterson? I'd start Parker over Patterson. All right, let's go to Tampa Bay at Green Bay. Um, another interesting game. Here's your stat of the game. Amazingly, this is incredible. A running back has had 15 or more carries against the Packers in 10 straight games. And if Jacquez Rogers gets 15 or more carries... He's almost certainly going to score double digit fantasy points. He's done it almost every time. I think only, I think it's probably like seven of eight or six of seven where he's had 15 or more carries over the last two seasons and scored double digit fantasy points. Is Jacquez Rogers a good sleeper this week? Look, I, I'm probably the wrong guy to talk to about this because every time I write off Jacquez Rogers, he comes through with a pretty decent game. And I know that this matchup seems favorable for him. But I just, I'm very nervous about what this Tampa Bay offense is going to look like. Their offensive line is, are missing their two best players. Marpet, center, gone. Dotson, right tackle, gone. Jameis Winston's coming back from a shoulder injury. Who knows how close to 100% he is, if he's close to 100%. So, so you just want to avoid Jacquez? I kind of want to avoid everybody in Tampa Bay. I can't do it with Evans? Mike Evans. And I think Deshaun Jackson's more of a number three receiver than anything else. I don't want to start Jameis Winston. I think they're going to be playing from behind. I have a hard time believing Jacquez Rogers is going to get 15 carries and do what he does when he gets 15 carries, think, especially uh, since he was taken off the goal line twice last week. I think we might be overrating Green Bay a little bit. I think they're a pretty bad team. They had a good game last week against Pittsburgh. They had one of the toughest matchups last week, and it's not like their defense played great. They hung in there against them, but I think that they can – I think they can rise to the occasion against Tampa Bay because I really don't believe Tampa Bay's offense is good. All right, but two weeks ago they lost twenty-three nothing to Baltimore. So I mean, like, and that's the thing, like throwing throwing your fantasy season to you basically summed up how you feel about the about the Bucks. Uh, I won't. And the problem with Jacquez Rogers is that Peyton Barber got two goal line touchdowns last ah, week, so yep. that that sucks. Um, you know, Mike Evans. I think everybody's going to start. The Packers have allowed nine or more fantasy points to at least one wide receiver every single week since week two. They've allowed eight or more fantasy points to a second wide receiver in five of their last seven games, including Martavis Bryant last week. So Jackson's interesting, but you just don't trust it. But it's so hard to get away from Mike Evans. Again, nine or more fantasy points every week since week two against uh, a number one receiver against Green Bay. Uh, which Tampa Bay tight end do you like better, and, and would you start either one? Great as a streamer. Okay. I'm totally buying back into him being a thing with Jameis Winston. So Brett Hundley, would you start Hundley over Matt Ryan? I don't think I'm there, but I think Brett Hundley is a really good streaming option this week. Okay. And a very good daily play because of his cheap price. Buccaneers do allow the most passing yards per game. They haven't given up that many touchdowns lately, but that could easily come. Devontae Adams, three straight games with 12 or more fantasy points are starting him. 
Uh, would you start Adams or Baldwin slash Jeffrey? I think Adams is absolutely a part of that conversation. Okay. I think he's a number one wide receiver. And I, I would definitely start him ahead of those two. And then any other. I just, I love the consistency and maybe my favorite aspect of this game is that Tampa Bay just doesn't have a good pass rush. I think the offensive line for the Packers can do an okay job for Hunley. Four wide receivers have had at least 85 yards and a, and a touchdown against the Bucks in their last three games. Like, incredible games. Four of them. Adams is up there, and I think Jordy scores this week. Kind of a bold prediction. Ah, Maybe yeah, even see, a bold I, I think guarantee. Cobb seems a little bit more likely to me. I, I think they've been trying to get Jordy going a little bit, and I wonder if they appease him at home. Okay, Cobb, Cobb's about 50 yards, three of his last four games, caught a touchdown last week, but it's a, it's a total shot in the dark. Jamal Williams is really interesting because, you know, if, if, he should get 18 or more carries, right? If, uh, if the other running backs are out. Yeah. So. And even if Aaron Jones plays, you don't know just how much playing time he'll get. Mm-hmm. Do you really think that the Packers are gonna just shove him right back on the field after a knee injury when Jamal Williams has been giving them Something very good in the passing game, a pleasant surprise there, and he's been <laughs> he's above been average as a running. He's been back. a three point two yards per right, game. Right, 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 he's right. not he's not running well, but he's getting all the work. And four running backs have had eighteen or more fantasy uh, eighteen or more carries against the Bucks. They've all scored twenty more twenty one or more fantasy points. Pardon me. Do so you think could Williams be is doing better now than when Eddie Lacy was there? And I don't mean Eddie Lacy when he was good. I mean Eddie Lacy when he was bad. No. Eddie Lacy averaged like five yards per carry last year. Mo Williams averaging 3.2. It doesn't matter. Dave, you gotta start him. If he's healthy, would you start him? If, if the other guys are out, I mean, would you start yeah. Jamal Williams or Marshawn Lynch? I've got Williams ahead of Lynch right now. Green Bay's DST, 28% owned, 14th for Jamie, 14th for Dave, 18th for Heath. How quickly can we do San Francisco, Chicago? Pretty quickly. Then I won't tell you that according to cityofchicago.org, the remote control was invented in Chicago in 1950. And there's your stat of the game. That's what Chicago's known for. Carlos Hyde, Jordan Howard, are they absolute beasts this week? Yes, they should be. Great matchups for both. Okay. Starter set Marquise Goodwin, starter set Dontrell Inman. Who's a better flyer? Would you put either in your lineup? I'll take the faster receiver with Garoppolo as his quarterback is the better flyer. That would be Goodwin. Inman certainly has been getting targets. And it's a good matchup for him. There's no doubt about it. But I don't feel good about him being any better than six or seven fantasy points, 60 or 70 yards, four catches, somewhere in that range. Chicago's DST is 56% owned. Jamie and Heath have the Bears 13th. Dave not feeling at 24th. Yeah. For a their, their pass rush is hurting without Leonard Floyd there. Oh, yeah. Okay, then. Uh, that's it for that game, right? Anything else? We're good. I think so. Okay, cool. It, it, I'll, uh, you can stash Garoppolo. Houston. If you want to talk week. about guys to pick up before the waiver wire, if he goes out to Chicago and lights them up, he's got Houston next week. All right, listen. I, all I'm going to say is that if you're doing a FanDuel lineup, I we've got the wide receivers that you need to have. <laughs> Dave and I both set a FanDuel lineup without knowledge, without prior knowledge, and we picked the exact same wide receivers. Keenan Allen, DeAndre Hopkins, and a, an extremely underpriced Devontae Adams at $6,500. Keenan Allen, Hopkins, and Adams – we both have Jordan Howard, I believe, and yep. we both have Justin Tucker. How about Devonta Adams is the same price on DraftKings as he is on FanDuel? He's great in daily. 6500 So if you start with Adams, Allen, Hopkins, Howard, and Tucker, the other three players in our lineups, or four players, I have Rivers. 
Alex Collins, Jared Cook, and the Chargers. And Dave, you have Cam? No, I don't. You have I have Brett Hundley. 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 Marshawn Lynch. Lynch over Collins. Delaney Walker, tight end, just over to be Cook. different. Yeah. Because everyone's going to take Hunter Henry or Jared, uh, Cook. Jared Cook. And the defense is Jacksonville. There you go. Enjoy it, everybody. Enjoy the games. We'll talk to you in our mailbag show later today. For Dave Richard, I'm Adam Azer. See you later. It's all-